O'Neill, thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 196 now of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron and uh, I'm Don. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. We are also licensed brokers at Windermere. Thanks for a fantastic year, you guys. Just a fantastic year. And if you're looking to buy, sell, upsize, downsize, right size, and you're looking at 2021 right now, maybe it's time to do a run and done sit down. I know there's a lot of people going, what if I sell my house and move to the sunshine? <laughs> if you're thinking about that, let's make it a reality. Email me, ron at windermere.com. I'll get you one of those books. Yeah, we had someone reach out to us from Maple Valley the other day. People from Everett, people from Auburn. A lot of times people are like, well, you guys, you live in Queen Anne. I hear... You guys talking about South Lake Union. Uh, we closed tomorrow on a house in Auburn. Yeah. So so if you're within the sound of our voice, and, and in fact... Except the 28 countries that we're in. We just worldwide. found out. We're, yeah. in, we're in 28 countries right now, Yes, right? we are. That's what uh, Spotify told us, that we had been streaming in 28 countries. We cannot do a deal outside of the state of Washington. Yeah. We'd like to, though. Yeah, Because then, then we have to travel. Also, we're heading toward a million... Listens, uh, yeah. Listens of this podcast, and we, we are thrilled with uh, that, Thank too. you for everybody that's listened and shared and subscribed. We really appreciate yeah. it. Hey, coming up uh, on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk how the pandemic has actually helped some struggling actors uh, in Hollywood. Also, we're going to talk about Bob Dylan. Uh, he just did something. He just did something that is very anti-rock and roll to a lot of people, and a lot of people are upset, including my barber. Uh, we sat down the other day, and I was getting my hair cut. We are masked up. And there was a picture of Bob Dylan on the wall. And I said, did you hear what Bob Dylan did? And he's like, yeah, that guy's a sellout. And then we talked about it. And I convinced him that Bob did the right thing, right? Before we talk about that, let's talk about this. And I'll see if I can convince you. Uh, Everywhere you go now, including my uh, friend Laura Miller, who you've heard on this broadcast, a big commercial real estate uh, expert here in Seattle. You see her name all over the place. I've known Laura now for decades. One of my best friends. We used to date back in the 90s. And uh, she's the only woman like I ever lived with for years. Uh, in fact, you introduced me to her. We were in Gold's Gym over in Kirkland. I think uh, somehow we got introduced. We ended up living with each other for a number of years. And then uh, we broke up, but we've stayed in touch. She's actually one of the ones that helped me after Hurricane Katrina big time. Big time. Really supported me. Uh, we got to sell her house earlier this year over in uh, West Seattle. Uh, the other day, she sent me a picture because the Lord did what everybody's doing. She went out and she got a little puppy. I've seen her dog. is cute. She is thrilled with this puppy. She's going to be a great puppy owner. Uh, but will she be a great dog owner? I know this about Laura. She will be. Here's the question, though. A lot of people going out getting puppies and kittens. But puppies don't say puppies. Kittens don't say kittens. Here's my concern, and I know a lot of shelters are concerned about this around the country. What's going to happen? People get the vaccine. This pandemic's over. People go back to work, uh, and they're no longer at home with these kittens and puppies, now dogs and cats. Are we going to see a feral cat problem? And also, uh, my dog, my old dog, Nola, right? Uh, I got her from the pound. She's an old basset hound. 
And someone just opened up a door down in the South End and just got rid of her because they were tired of her. They just opened up a door and let her go, right? So you told me to rescue her, so I did. And uh, as a result of that, that was our first dog here in the O'Neill family. And now we have Charlie the dog. When I got Charlie the dog, I spent a lot of time with my therapist talking about Charlie the dog. Because I knew at this point my son wasn't going to get, uh, we, chances are we're probably not going to have a brother or sister. I'm just thinking. I'm 53 now, so I don't, I, I don't think we're going to have a brother or sister. It's not too late for you. Yeah, he's only lonely. And he started asking me about a brother or sister, so I started talking to my therapist, Priscilla, about that. We talked for a year about getting Charlie the dog. What kind of breed would we get? I investigated. He is, and people make fun of doodles, and they shouldn't. Because uh, they're 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 very very. I needed a smart dog. I needed a dog that didn't leave hair everywhere. I knew that Gunner and I would probably use a different language, and we try to be on the same page. But he's ten, and I'm not. Uh, we need a dog that could figure us out. I also wanted a dog that we could travel with. A dog that that would sleep with him. Uh, and Charlie's not allowed on any of the furniture, but he's allowed in Gunner's bed, so they sleep together at night. And they are buddies. They are best friends. Charlie has revolutionized uh, my son, the way he feels about himself, how he connects with other kids, how he communicates. Also responsibility, because he walks Charlie uh, when we're doing class here. Between every single, every time he has a break, he has to walk him up to the corner and back. We now do a big walk together every night with Charlie. I trail run Charlie. And Charlie has turned out to be a great dog, but Charlie is a lot of work. Uh, you introduced me to our friend Charles. Uh, different, different Charlie. Yeah, but 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 Charles is great with dogs, and he's had a, a number of great dogs. So I called Charles. I talked with him for hours before we even got Charlie. I read books. I watched videos. And I have really worked hard on being a good human, and a good dog owner. People call me a daddy. I don't like that. I, don't like that I, mean, I went in. I went in to get him washed the other day, and they're like, "Charlie's daddy's here," and I'm like, "No, he's not. Uh, Mr. O'Neill's here to pick up his dog." <laughs> I'm get not- off my lawn! Right. Anyway, uh, so but but it's he. Well, he I think you're, he's, he's, he's he's my son's dog. So here so so here's my question on this: Are there a lot of people out there getting kittens and puppies? That aren't taking this as seriously as I did, as Gunner did, of and, course and, and, there and, are. And, and as Laura, of Laura, Laura did. And are, are you concerned about this? Yeah, I mean, if people are dumb, if people are going to do stupid things, people are going to do impulsive things, uh, and so of course that's going to happen. Like I have no doubt about it. I, I hope that people rise to the occasion when they hear about this, and the the divide is getting more and more pronounced as, as you we've, we've talked about in recent episodes. And so there are people that probably got an animal and then their financial straits turn for the worse and they're struggling to make ends meet uh, for rent or food insecurity. And so that's a person that, yes, take that dog back to a shelter, uh, um, re- relinquish the dog if you can't financially support the dog. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad we've lived in other parts of the country where it was customary to put a dog outside and just leave it outside. Uh, and, and, uh, Seattle is not that way. The Puget Sound area, most of it is not that way, but of course, 
people are going to do everything you just described. And then if you are an animal lover, just be ready and prepared that in the, you know, the coming months and years to reach out and to financially support. Or, and if you, uh, you can uh, have another animal to do it. And I've thought about it a lot. That, that's what I want to do. Let me jump in here. You've been, you, you are going through the same thought that I really appreciate because you're, you, you are a great dog owner, great horse owner. You can't ride a horse. You look ridiculous in cowboy boots. Uh, and I love you in a cowboy hat, but that's another story for another day in a, as a private evening. Uh, and we won't get into that with the tidy whities and the, and the bourbon and everything else. Uh, and so, let me ask you this. Were you at in this process? Cause I thought you would have gotten a dog or, or something by now because you, you, you like having, you like having a companion and Charlie has been a great, com- and when you come over here, you look for Charlie and Charlie looks for you. And when we go to your house, it's the same thing. You have a really, really nice connected relationship, not only with my son, but with his dog that, that I really appreciate. And Gunnar appreciates that too. In fact, when we come to see you, he's like, let's bring Charlie because Mr. Ron really, really likes Charlie. So Gunnar, Gunnar's picked up on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about it all the time. I, um, I, I live in a condo now and so it's, you know, there's, I don't have a yard, you know, you go out of my condo and you're in a parking lot. Uh, so like there are considerations like that, 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 uh, you know, I'm trying to go over. Um, so yeah, I mean, I still think about it. I, I was on pet finder the other day, like flipping through dog, looking at dogs, oh, you were. but like you, you have to sit with them. You have to know them. Uh, you know, you, you have to know what they're going to be like, etc. So, I mean, I, I might do it in 2021. I, I'm leaning, I, I think about it quite a bit and then I find ways to talk myself out of it, but I want it to be like a, a hell yeah. Like I don't want to go, yeah, I might as well get a dog. Like I want to do it when it, what hell, hell, what hell yeah is you? Um, like having, like, I think Charlie's a great dog. Like having a dog that, that is attentive and gets it and is not going to destroy your house and all that stuff. Obviously accidents happen and a dog will you know, have an accident here or there, but, um, you get the point. So yeah, I, I just need, uh, I'm going to process a little bit more, but I, I don't want to do it willy nilly. Like yeah. you said, I don't want to get one because I happen to be working from home now. And then in three months or six months be like, yeah, okay, I'm no. t- taking this back. Like I, I know it's a, a 10 year plus commitment. Yeah. And, 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 and Charlie is the way he is not just because the breed part of it is that, but we work with, we, we work with Charlie a lot. And, and I've taken a lot of what Charles, Charles has taught me and shared with me because he has hunting dogs. And even though Charlie's not a hunting dog, uh, we, we have taken some of the things that he has shared. I dated a girl for a while that had a dog that was the same breed as Charlie. And this dog was allowed on the furniture. Uh, and as soon as you – and my Uncle George taught me this because he's great with dogs – as soon as you allow a dog, like if I allowed Charlie on the furniture, then the pecking order order between myself, Charlie, and Gunner is over. Because now Gunner moves to number three, Charlie's number two, and Charlie can be an absolute idiot when he thinks that he is number two and Gunner's number three. It took almost a year. Almost a, he's two now. It took almost a year for that relationship to establish itself. And it hasn't been easy. Uh, it's been hard sometimes, but I appreciate that Gunner's done the work. Cause I'm like, Hey, when are you-, you sure you're not number three? 
Hey, you guys, winter is here in the great Pacific Northwest, and you know what that means. It's time for the winter driving season. Let's show up noses, and that's why they love for you to stop by one of their stores, 85 here in Western Washington. Go to LesShop.com right now to find a location near you, and here's what's cool. When you stop by, they'll take your rig, they'll put it up on a rack, and they'll say, hey, brakes look good, tires look good, maybe we should rotate these. On the other hand, boom, maybe there's an issue, maybe there's a problem. They find that issue, they find that problem, they get that fixed, and you're right back down the road heading to skiing heading to grandmother's house if you're heading to her house make sure you socially distance or maybe you're gonna do some snow shoeing with me uh, up near mount Rainier. yeah and if you're planning on going over the pass a bunch of times maybe you need studded tires this year maybe you need a set of chains and you have no idea how to install the chains les schwab will show you how to do those quick chains all right so you can get that free pre-trip safety check batteries brakes tread and more they'll show you the difference between the studded tires and non-studded tires the different tracks that's available to you schedule your appointment right now online at leschwab.com or just stop by that's les schwab doing the right thing matters if you're downsizing upsizing or right sizing ron and don can help you buy sell or invest in real estate it all starts with a ron and don sit down started out right away with don helping us look at the options like here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills were um, superior. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the, on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> we were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward and uh, no, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, we're back. Episode 196 now of the Ron and Don Show. Bob Dylan was a sellout. You're not going to believe what he did. I'll talk about that in a moment. Before we talk about that, though, let's get to this now. Uh, I think this is super interesting. And I know that you love movies. I know you're really into cinema. When we did terrestrial radio... Some of the most riveting conversations that I would listen to is when I would just sit back and listen to you and Tom Tangney uh, talk about movies. Tom, who is currently doing afternoon drive at our old radio station, a lot of people don't know this, but Ron is the first one to put Tom on the air. I was gone. I was out of town. Tom would have these amazing discussions in the newsroom with the reporters, and, and, and you had just decided, because he's the movie review guy at, uh, at our radio station, you're like, you know what? This guy'd be great on air. You put him on air, and he was great, and and he is great, and and I and I love him, and I I love their afternoon drive team. It's interesting because I brought John 
to the station. You put Tom on air. They paired them together. Uh, and they are a great, great pair and a great afternoon team. So we wish those guys. It's basically, they owe us everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. They are. People ask me all the time, are you bitter? Or you're mad? I'm like, no, my life couldn't be better. And I couldn't be happier for those two guys, especially Tom. Tom should have been on the Tom is heading towards 70 years old. He should have been on the radio a long, long time ago because he's brilliant. You guys had these discussions about movies, about cinematography. And what happened with COVID-19, a lot of things that were being filmed around the country, around the world. And when you and I lived in New Orleans, they used to call that Hollywood South. I remember being there. There were 17 movies that were being filmed all at the same time. Uh, we saw that up in Vancouver, A, because there were a lot of films that were uh, filmed up there out of Hollywood. And of course, Hollywood. So with that said, uh, they have begun now production of a lot of these movies again. Uh, and they have to socially distance and wear masks when they're not acting and all that other stuff. What's interesting, though, what's interesting is some of the people in Hollywood that have kind of been extras on like NYPD Blue, for instance, they are now thriving. They are absolutely thriving during this pandemic because they have an opportunity because of COVID-19 and all the testing that's happened to not just be on one television show but to be on three or four different television shows, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would do a double thriving. They're, they're doing better than they were before because the, the TV shows are saying, we're going to hire a stable of extras and they're going to stay with us for this whole filming season instead of doing it daily or weekly. They also get paid uh, each time they have to go and get tested for COVID-19 and they sort of have to sequester themselves. So it's a little bit more stability for these background actors, I think they call them now, yeah. instead of extras, but the background actors that are doing stuff. So they are getting to sign on for a whole season. I, I just saw uh, an interview with Jason Bateman. They're doing the final uh, actually two episodes, uh, truncated episodes of Ozark. So they're, they're doing 14 shows instead of 10, and they're going to break that up into two seven-episode chunks to resolve that show. And yeah, they have to be on location in the Ozarks. Like, that's where the show is. Mm. And so you, with the set piece is the Ozark. The show is called Ozark. You're going to be in the Ozarks. Uh, and so but the, what they're trying to do is that everybody on the crew – uh, everybody that is in front of the camera, behind the camera, and the extras in there, they're very carefully scripting this out. So in the last season where you'd walk into a casino, uh, the riverboat, and you have a hundred people at a party, that's a very difficult scene to shoot now. So you're, the way the writers, are dealing with this and crafting this show. You can't just put an ad in the newspaper and say, we need uh, 200 people to be at this concert for Ozark. You can't do that in, in these last two seasons. Yeah. When I was 19, I moved to, and then I'm going to bring it back to you and Tom. When I was 19, I moved to LA. I'd never even seen the ocean. You guys I've certainly never been to LA. I didn't know that echo park was actually South central. And I got to say, Don went all in. He moved to LA. He bought a pair of pink and blue hammer pants. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you were fully LA. You grew out a mullet. You were wearing sunglasses all of a sudden. I, I went and visited. Like, I, had air, I, I had pink and teal Air Force shoes that went with the hammer. Pants. I was like, who? Who is this guy? Sleeves were cut off. Gold you, chain the whole time. You, you were full. You were in full LA mode. Yeah, I lived across the street from Echo Park, and in Echo Park, they they filmed a little television show called Hunter. And then they also filmed Shadow Stevens. They did, and then they and then they used to film and and and. 
and Fred Dreyer, who was the old uh, L.A. Ram, he was Hunter. And then I woke up one day and they were over there filming Alligator 2. And I looked and there were these six mechanical alligators on the back of this trailer. And what they did with, tra- with, with the extras, because I went over, I was really interested in maybe being one. They had this picnic table and you just show up every day. And then they go through and they pick who the extras are going to be for that day. And if you don't get picked, you come back the next day. My name's Don. <laughs> I've got several pairs of hammer pants and matching <laughs> shoes. I can definitely be an extra. Yeah. So so anyway, now the the if you get assigned to a movie, a television show, you're 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 on that show. And 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 so a grip may end up being an extra, an actor, and all that stuff. And then you may be assigned in Hollywood to two or three different shows or movies. Let me ask you this. What is gonna happen to cinema? Because now you have some big movie houses this week that have announced all these movies that we've been holding back, like Wonder Woman, for instance. Instead of continuing to hold this back, because we don't know what's going to happen in 2021, what we are going to do is we are going to release a movie like Wonder Woman in the theaters, and at the same time, we're going to release it in a pay-per-view. So you'll be able to either A, stay at home if COVID is still raging, and be safe with your family, your friends, whoever is in your bubble, and watch Wonder Woman on the same day, though, if the vaccine seems to be working and movie houses are open, you could possibly walk into that movie house and you could watch that movie. To me, people say the airline industry is going to struggle for three to five years like it did after 9-11. I made this point on episode 194. No, it's not. People want to travel and they want to travel now. And I bet people are buying tickets and I bet Ron already has travel uh, expectations for 2021. It wouldn't surprise me that you already have tickets and you already know where you're going. And if you have to cancel those, you'll cancel those. Uh, When you look at 9-11, after 9-11, we were all afraid the planes were going to be blown up and we were going to be blown up too and fall from the sky. That's not the fear here. People want to get back on planes and they want to go go places. But with movies, and I don't know what Tom would say. But what do you say? Do you think movies and movie theaters will come storming back? Or do, or do you think this will become a regular thing where they release that on pay-per-view and then the movie theater no, also? I, I think that the entire entertainment industry is going to be radically changed. I don't think that the movie theaters are going to be exactly the same uh, in any way, shape, or form. I, I think that uh, you know having these releases in homes is going to be the way it's done. Uh, and the interesting thing to me is going to be live music. If you look, there was a uh, there's a story out there now that uh, a big operation like uh, Ticketmaster is trying to you know in their app make patrons get a COVID test. So if you you know within a certain time frame, so it's like okay, I'm going to go to this big festival, and in order to get gain entry, I have to buy my ticket and prove that I have got a negative COVID test. Mm. And so I've I got in a huge argument with a. Uh, a friend of mine that was saying like that's government control and that's big brother and you know that's that's this it's overreaching how could they do this and i was like well you know it's a private company if you launch a tour that is hundreds of millions of dollars to put on a Lollapalooza or put on you know one of these big festivals or even a show like a a U2 or Rolling Stones or Chris Stapleton or someone you know that's doing a, a stadium sized tour um, and it costs millions of dollars and there are lots of livelihoods on there you get a COVID outbreak connected to that tour you have to shut it down mm. so it's a private enterprise. 
Um, there's going to be a lot of hard choices like that as industries. Would I go to a movie theater if, if we get these home testing kits and you can scan a barcode like we do now to get a menu and say, okay, I'm going to see Wonder Woman. I want to see it in the theater. Here's my ticket. Here's my app that says I, I scanned a, a, a test on a COVID kit and it is negative. I don't have a problem for that. I do because you're not going to be able to get pop, hot butter popcorn. And that's the only reason I go. See you on this side of this. Ron and Don from radio to real estate. When you're ready to grab a cup of coffee and sit down with the guys, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Final uh, segment here of the Ron and Don Show. And don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. When you're ready to sit down with us, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. And uh, let's do that. We did three sit-downs uh, just this past week. So we'd love to sit down with you and find out where you're at on that real estate journey in 2021. Buying, selling, we would love to be part of your team. And we would love to be part of your journey. If you want the book that we wrote, it's actually a pamphlet. It's only 26 pages. And again, it's really big block because we can't see. Uh so when you boil it down, it's probably two and a half pages that we're calling a book. It's not like we're Barack Obama out here, the president, with a new $60 million book. All right? Anyway. And we're certainly not Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, seven is he 79 years old? He just sold his catalog. Does, does, and a lot of people are saying his music may be worth as much, not as much as the Beatles, but maybe more than Michael Jackson. They say at least $100 million. And as a result of that, Bob will no longer, because he's still with us, he'll be able to play his songs, but not profit from his songs because he took one big paycheck. Now, don't forget, Bob Dylan was the first one to take folk music and introduce the guitar. And as a result of that... the electric guitar. Yeah, introduce the electric guitar. And they say as a result of that, there is so much music that he has created, that he has written. Some of that he hasn't shared with the world. We saw what happened well, with. He, we I saw, think he had one of the numbers wrong. He sold the catalog for three hundred million. What's that? He, he, I think he said a hundred million. He sold his catalog for three. Is that right? Three hundred. Three hundred. Three hundred million dollars. Yeah. All right. Three hundred million. So I got. So I got that incorrect. I apologize for three hundred million dollars. We look at Prince. And, and, and Prince didn't have an exit strategy for his life. I think he just thought he was always going to be alive. And as a result of that, we have this vault of music that nobody knows what to do with because it's kind of a mess. And how do you profit and how do you share it with the world, right? Bob Dylan is still around. So when you look at his catalog of music, if you needed some help or you're trying to figure something out, Bob is still with us and could give some guidance. Do you think he did this for the money or do you think he did this for the control? Did he do this for legacy or did he, did he do this for all of that? Um, I really don't understand the mentality of people that are judgmental on the quote unquote sellout. When you create something, if you're a creator and you're an artist, whether you're Bob Dylan or you're in a garage band down the street, what is the goal of your art? To connect with as many people as possible. Nobody wants to create something, or very few people want to create something that doesn't connect with anybody, that doesn't have an audience, that if you pour your heart and soul into this thing and you put it out into the world and it just falls flat and gets crickets, that's not the aim of being an artist. The aim of being an artist is to connect with people. And if you can then do your art as your vocation, 
That's something that's brand new in the history of mankind. So if you were a, a Roman sculptor or a, a singer back in, in Greece, that wasn't your vocation. You just picked, you didn't get paid for it. You picked up, you wrote a song, you played the lyre, whatever you were playing, the harp, and, and you were a musician. So the, like this concept is brand new, and I applaud people that can do that. The, the only, I think, lines that we should draw as fans is when now that Bob Dylan's catalog, so, you know, like a Rolling Stone uh, or blowing in the wind can now be used for, you know, John Deere leaf blowers. So like that, I understand is distasteful if you're a hardcore fan. If you got, um, you know, blue jean baby and it's being, you know, gap jeans, I get that for a hardcore fan, they have emotions and memories connected to that lyric that they don't want to see on a gap ad. I got to be honest. If I saw a leaf blower ad and they were playing blowing in the wind, I would be ecstatic. Right. So I some people react I, I love it. I think just right. to, did, did you did you just come up with that? Because yeah, you, you should be in marketing. So and I would and I would buy those guys. I like 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 those connections. I really like. And you taught me this the other day. We were talking about this. You said right now corporations are concerned because millennials aren't brand loyal the way our parents would. Right. So in, so in my house growing up, my father drank Coors. So everybody drank Coors. You you drink Coors, you drink Schlitz, you drink Milwaukee's Best, right? Those three beers, and every once in a while, if you couldn't find Coors because certain states didn't have it, you drive Paps. My father's a truck driver. We would drive to South Dakota because they didn't have Coors in, in Chicago, and he would buy cases and cases, bring it back, and sell it out of the garage. That's how loyal he was to that brand. And it wasn't because you had the Coors brothers uh, doing those commercials my dad didn't connect with the Coors brothers doing the commercials. He connected with the brand. It's different now because millennials are not necessarily connecting with brands. They want to connect with people. And that's what Bob Dylan could do for a big brand. Make them appear to be authentic and real and, 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 and people forward, person forward, humankind forward. And I think that's what a lot of these big brands are concerned about. And one of the reasons they would be interested in, 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 in blowing in the wind for well, their, the other thing their, about their Bob, John Deere uh, leaf blower. Which the other thing fantastic. about Bob Dylan specifically, and the only reason I say this is if you see his reaction to winning uh, the Nobel Prize in literature, he doesn't live in the past. He's not a novelty act. Um, he, he's not going around to gaming casinos playing the same 10 songs. If you're a Bob Dylan fan, go listen to murder most foul, an album he did this year. It's great. He does. I'll, I'll send you the link to this. He does a 16 minute song about the Kennedy assassination, 16 minutes long. That is a breathtaking piece of art. Really? It's incredible. That uh, for any age, is it better than the hurricane song about the boxer? No, it's, it's not. A, it's not that type of song, hmm. but it's it's a piece of literature. It's a piece of art, uh, and so I think that Bob Dylan at, at this age is sort of like I don't live with so good, you know, blood on the tracks great or blonde point. on blonde. Like that's not where his identity is. He is still forward looking. So like it was probably a, at a certain point, it's a pain in the butt. To go to your management office and be like, hey, Bob, do you want to do the blowing in the wind at? Like, he's like, enough. Give me $300 million. You guys make the decisions. I'm going to go make a new album 
And there's some really good songs on it. Listen to the new stuff. Love it. All right. Let's leave it there. Good stuff. Ron and I are sellouts. If you'd like to buy our podcast, $257. Really? <laughs> I forgot to say million. <laughs> Hey, you guys, you keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time. Happy holidays from your boys, Ron and Don, and here's my little boy uh, to take us out. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>